Chapter 2. Pace of the Game A game's pace depends on the shape of early game alliances and various powers' growth curves. Who is working with whom? What do the pieces suggest? A fast growth curve draws attention and generally attracts resistance on a strong board. Grow too fast and too early at your own peril. Once you've created a high probability path to 18 centers or an endgame stalemate line, however, moving fast to achieve it is completely fine. Depending on the scoring system under which you are playing, your strategy should differ. This comment is agnostic of your personal preferences for draws and solos. The various rule books are vague on drawing and winning conditions in terms of their value. As of 2019, Brandon Fogel and the Winnie City Weasels are working on a new scoring system called Janus, which to my eyes improves and incentivizes aspects of the game many diplomacy players enjoy and respect, mainly fighting to win and fighting for survival, and oftentimes both in the same game. Talk to Brandon if you're eager to see his paper on the subject. Obviously, understanding how your opponents perceive the scoring system will help you formulate preliminary strategies before a game even begins. The fear of stagnation. Just as technological stagnation threatens society and causes alarm or outright distractions to avoid talking about it, stagnation feels very uncomfortable in diplomacy. Even I would venture for experienced players who probably understand that stagnation and mere supply center count is completely fine in the short run. It must be said that stagnation might best be viewed in the context of your position in the strategic balance of the board. If neighbors are growing but you aren't, your position may be weakening. Can you capitalize on the exchange of centers which open new strategic avenues? Where new players might falter is simply misunderstanding the beginning of the mid-game, where it is natural not to gain a supply center every year. Let's not get greedy. So how do you personally deal with stagnation? If things are going well, you would have a path toward additional influence and supply centers. As it is, you don't have a plan to collaborate with a neighbor or indeed to make a play at an ally's dots. In a way, stagnation is the other side of the coin to growth. If you ask, where might I grow and see no easy path forward, you are regressing towards stagnation. The discomfort you feel grows year by year. Eventually, you can't take it anymore and make poor diplomatic, strategic, or tactical decisions. You may lose the game because your fear of stagnation induced mistakes. Sometimes it really is your time to die. How you manage the fear of stagnation and actual negative stagnation will change your results considerably. Remaining confident in the face of an objectively bad position can tilt your opponent's decision making in your favor. Plans beyond 1901 and 1902 the near or outright elimination of a player in 1902 or 1903 affects the texture between east, west, north, and south as well. The decision to play slower in the early game could work against you if other players are moving faster, for example. Italy is often understood as a pivotal player in determining the game's overall pace. If we imagine a diplomacy board without Italy, we see three triangles of players with relatively equal footing. You might look at it and see two of equal footing. 
Italy sits between these two grand theaters. Look again, so does Russia. One of my favorite questions to ask a player in 1901, what are your plans beyond 1902? Of course, he doesn't have to answer me directly or honestly. Either way, his response might give me a sense of whether he's a long-term thinker. For example, is he the type to grow quickly, but formulate weak plans at best for maintaining his position? In a recent game of the Minnesota Diplomacy Club, the German player gave me this sense. He didn't have a long-term plan, and as Russia, I was able to parry an attack. Indeed, I lost Warsaw for a year, and eventually repel him, in part because the Italian and the English players were pecking at his rear. He was fighting a three-front war. Another question I like to ask is simply, what are your plans after you acquire the neutral supply centers? The neutrals are normally seized by 1902 or 1903 at latest, at which time coordination might begin against one player or another. There's a shift from free growth to zero-sum growth. Additional centers for you means fewer dots for one of your opponents. Managing the pace. Stagnation need not be feared so long as your neighbors are not growing either. Can you improve your position so as to gain leverage in ongoing negotiations? Would information you hold about a neighbor's long-term goals change how other players, perhaps not even your neighbors, think about their own position and plan? Your supply center count matters, but it isn't everything. Your influence on the game territorially as well as strategically count for a good deal, as do your do your <clears throat> excuse me, as do your relationships diplomatically. As a new player, you might consider these basic strategic approaches to avoiding stagnation or decline. The actual tactical moves you might make matter slightly less than the resulting positions. So here goes. With Turkey, I want a plan to gain influence in the Mediterranean or in the Balkans or even in southern Russia, say in Sevastopol. The easiest way to achieve the first in the Mediterranean is to build Fleet Smyrna in 1901 and play Fleet Smyrna to the Aegean. Now, I'll pause for a moment and mention that you may be facing Italian or even Austrian resistance to that move, but that's all part of the game. The Austrian could already be in Greece and the Italian could be in the Ionian. All right, let's continue. Can you gain the Black Sea in 1901 or 1902 or even 1903? One way to secure it is by inducing Russia to play Fleet Sev to rum. This rarely occurs in spring 1901 and sometimes occurs in fall 1901 when Russia believes it is critical to gain Romania. Note, if the Russian manages to take Sevastopol while leaving Sev open for a build, he may have plans to build a second southern fleet. Turkey is a power that requires patience and an acceptance of immediate or short-term stagnation in exchange for medium-run potential. As Austria now, getting a fourth and fifth arm in the board allows for increased flexibility and the option of gradual or rapid growth in the mid-game. Seems like a straightforward enough thing to say, and that's all I say in that part for Austria. As Italy, I'm content to sit on four centers if I've made arrangements with Austria in the near term. If I can get to five centers and have comfortable relations, even better. So much of the board's play in a strong game depends on Italy's ability to affect decisions two and even three years down the road. 
Once you've played Italy a few times, you won't waste time in Austria and stabs. That helped Turkey and Russia more than they help you, nor with forays too soon into the Western Med, unless the board texture demands it. As Russia, I might expect early game stagnation in the Black Sea, though I need not be content with my potential overall supply center stagnation, given the influence I can sway in both theaters. Contrary to mainstream opinion, Romania isn't necessary to Russia's early game position if it means giving up the Black Sea to Turkey. Neither, frankly, is Sweden. Fleet in the Gulf of Bothnia in fall 1901 is more influential than you think, especially since it could go to the Baltic. Now, I don't often play this move, but it should be at least considered. Germany wouldn't appreciate that, would they? If I can maintain... St. Petersburg into the mid-game, the ability to build on both sides of the main stalemate line gives me winning chances. As Germany, it has become my standard, but but not my absolute, to make Russia the offer of Sweden in exchange for him building in the south, so as to make relative early peace and to reduce decision-making in Scandinavia, allowing for mid-game expansion there, or options to move on either France or England without the bear on my back too soon. And you can see more about that in the terrible openings chapter to come. For an arrangement between both Germany and Russia, which I believe has some strong strategic implications that are not mentioned elsewhere. This last section of the chapter is about the pace of the Turks and what to do if you've drawn yellow. And I want to call your attention to the next episode where I'll give some detailed analysis of what one can do with Turkey in the opening and early mid game. So I hope you enjoyed that. And I urge you to go ahead and just download the free sample yourself from uh, leanpub. That's L E A N P U B.com leanpub.com slash diplomacy. And I'll see you in the next episode where we'll break down the Turks. Good luck out there.